So the key verse in this series has been 1 Timothy 4, verse 7, which says, train yourself for what? For godliness. Very good. So what I've been saying, thinking about that word train, that we are to train for godliness like an athlete trains. You know how an athlete trains? I don't know if we have any professional athletes here. I don't think so. Uh, But uh, probably some of us have been training in the past, and we know of we know of what it what it takes, uh, or we've seen maybe what it takes to be a a successful top athlete. It takes a lot of a lot of hard work, a lot of discipline. Now, Christians, we need daily routines uh, in our lives, just like an athlete has daily routines. We need daily routines that will lead us to to godliness and. Godliness, not a word we might often use today, but it basically just means living as as God uh, wants us to live. We can use other terms as well, such as spiritual maturity, growing spiritually, uh, becoming more like Christ, Christ Christ-likeness. So we, we need to develop routines that will lead us toward this goal. And in this series, we've considered a few of the spiritual disciplines, as they're called. We've considered Bible intake, taking God's Word in by hearing it, reading it, studying it, memorizing it, meditating upon it, applying it. Bible intake, also prayer, uh, worship, which can not only be public together, but also we can worship God privately on our own. Both are important. Uh, in the last week, as I mentioned earlier, silence and solitude, taking time like Jesus did uh, to be alone and quiet before God. Uh, there are lots of spiritual disciplines we didn't cover. We didn't cover uh, fasting. We didn't cover uh, some of those spiritual disciplines that are more interpersonal in nature. We've mostly focused on those ones that are more personal or individual But, of course, there needs to be a balance between doing the disciplines on our own and with others. So we didn't get into things like fellowship, though I'll mention it this morning, serving, evangelism. Uh, One other private one that some consider a a spiritual discipline is journaling. Uh, There's no one set list that people have. But these are are disciplines or, or practices that we believe, Scripture tells us to do, that will lead toward the goal of godliness. So, the thought behind this series is that our our daily routines impact our spiritual growth. And so that means that these spiritual disciplines need to become a regular uh, part of our individual lives and and lives as, as a church together. So, that's what this series has been all about. You know, we don't want to be legalistic and you have to do it this exact way at this time for this length of time uh, uh, with this mix of the spiritual disciplines. Uh, but we can, we, can, we can take these disciplines that Scripture speaks of, that we see practiced in the Word of God, and use those to, to uh, help us toward that goal of, of, of being like Christ. So, 
thinking about training like an athlete, we know that if an athlete is going to be successful, he or she needs to have perseverance in their training. You know, they can't just train whenever they feel like it. They can't just train when it is easy to train. To be that sort of athlete, you, you, you need to have perseverance. And so that's what I want to talk about today as we, as we end this series. Perseverance, specifically perseverance in the spiritual disciplines. You know, using that word discipline implies that it's not easy to keep on practicing the spiritual disciplines. There are other things that are easier to do, just like an athlete training. There are other things that are easier to do than going to the gym, lifting weights, dieting, all of that. There are, there are easier things to do, of course. So the fact that we need perseverance implies that, that this is not something that will always come easy for us. Now, hopefully, the more we come, become, this becomes a habit for us, then, then it will become easier for us. But, again, there can be lapses, and it's easy to get off track uh, because these things are, are not always easy to do. So, as with anything, it's easy to get off to a good start. You know, we're in February now, two months almost into the year. And uh, I won't ask you about your New Year's resolutions if you had one or two, but uh, we know that we often fail to uh, persevere in our spiritual disciplines. It's easy to get off to a good start for a few days or a few weeks, but then something happens that makes it more difficult, and, and often we can, we can get out of that, that, those daily routines or those practices that we had started whether it's at the first of the year or sometime in between uh, the first and end. So uh, it's easy as well to do the, the disciplines every so often. You know, maybe have big spurts, but then, you know, forget about it and neglect it for a while. You know, I think about an athlete training. You know, if they just, pra- uh, just train for the first couple of weeks of the year or, or they have a really good training week, but then don't train for... A month and then have another good week. That's not that. That's not something. That's not a a way, a training method to to uh, have success. So the spiritual disciplines, just like athletic training, uh, it requires they require spiritual or sorry, they require self discipline. Self discipline to keep persevering in the spiritual disciplines. So. We started in 1 Timothy chapter 4. That's where we're going to end. So Lance read verses 6 through 10 of 1 Timothy 4. Let's go there again. We're not going to read all the verses again. But I'll remind you of verse 7, the goal. Train yourself for godliness. We should believe that's a good goal. This goal of godliness is, is, is something that we should pursue. You know, the Bible says that God's plan for us is that we might be conformed to the image of his son. Uh, that's Romans 8, 29. 
and 30. That's what God wants us to be progressing toward. Christ-likeness. You know, if we put our faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, uh, the, the, the plan of God for our lives is not just to stop there and, and Before the service started, I, re I remembered I forgot to switch the batteries. I thought, well, I can just uh, I can just chance it and hope they last until the end of the service. But that's a lesson not to do that. So, talking about the goal, the goal is is not for us just to to be converted converted to faith in Christ and, and then just it stops there. Uh, God wants us, as I said, to to progress in the Christian life, to grow spiritually to become more like Christ. And so that's what we should desire as, as followers of Jesus, to become more like him. That's what it means to be godly. This is, a, this is our goal. It's a good goal, a goal we should strive toward. Now, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, to get the context, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, a, a younger man, a leader, uh, a co-worker of Paul's who would travel with him. But here... As he's writing this letter to Timothy, Timothy is in Ephesus. There's a church there, and Timothy is, is, is helping to lead that church uh, away from false teaching, false beliefs. Uh, there had been some that had uh, infiltrated the church, false teachers. Uh, and, so, and so Timothy was, was, was told to stay there for a while to, to deal with that. So, so Paul is writing to, to Timothy. And in the letter, he tells Timothy here to, to train yourself for godliness. And as we started the series, I, I answered that objection, well, maybe this is just for, for Timothy and not for us today. But of course, in Scripture, godliness is for all of God's people. And if Timothy needed to train himself for godliness, that suggests, I believe, that, that we as well today need to train ourselves for godliness. It doesn't come easy. It's not something we can just drift toward. And so we need to train ourselves for godliness. So Paul is telling Timothy that godliness requires training. You can't expect to become a great athlete by just doing whatever you want, not watching what you eat, not practicing, not training, uh, that will not make you a great athlete. It requires training, discipline, perseverance. So, in thinking about that and these spiritual disciplines, I came up with with this with this uh, with this thought that you can do the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines, and not be godly, but you can't be godly without doing. The disciplines. So what I mean by that is, you know, you can do these disciplines. You could, you could read the Bible. You could read 20 chapters of the Bible a day. But Scripture says it's not good just to know what the Bible says. We also need to obey it. We need to do what it says. Uh, you know, you could spend a lot of time 
doing these disciplines without really becoming godly. And so it's not the disciplines themselves that make us godly. We need to have the right heart, the right motive in doing them. So it is possible to read our Bible every day and not be godly. But at the same time, you can't be godly, I believe, without doing the disciplines. And I'm not saying you have to do them every single one of them. Uh, you don't have to necessarily journal every day. But, but we should be taking God's word and we should be praying and, and worshiping the Lord. Those are, those are more of the essentials. But, but we really can't expect to, to, uh, to be godly without, without doing these, these disciplines. We can't just drift toward uh, godliness. Laziness will not get us to the point where we are more like Christ. So you can do the disciplines and not be godly. That's possible. But I don't believe you can be godly without doing the disciplines. Again, you don't have to read all the Bible every year, maybe a few verses. But it, it, ta- it speaks, to our, speaks to our heart. You know, do I want to seek after God? Do I want to take in his word? Do I want to uh, talk to him in prayer? It, it speaks to the heart. Uh, look, at verse, look at verse 8. And, and when I started the series, I forgot to talk about this verse. I realized afterward I meant to. And a lot of times if I don't write something down, I'll forget it. So I forgot to mention verse 8. It says, for while bodily training is of some value... Godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So physical or bodily training, there are some benefits to it, of course. You can become more healthy. Maybe we'll live longer. Maybe when we get older, we'll have better mobility. So there are obviously benefits to physical training. But what Paul says here is that there are more benefits to godliness, which, which suggests that, that godliness here is, is both a goal and something we do, living godly lives. Uh, that is something that is more beneficial than physical training. Because there are benefits to it in this life, we're more like Christ, and also in the life to come, which might speak of, of rewards in heaven, the enjoyment of heaven. And so, often we, even as Christians, we can be so focused on physical training, you know, my health, my fitness, how I look, and we could even value that over uh, our own godliness, training for godliness, but that godliness has greater benefits, we'll talk about this more in a bit, but greater benefits than physical training. Physical training has temporary benefits, but what Paul is saying here is that godliness has eternal benefits. And then finally, look at verse 10. Two words that Paul uses, toil and strive. For to this end, speaking of the goal, we, we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God. So our hope is not to win a gold medal or a Stanley Cup or anything like that. 
our hope is to see God. Our hope is to, when we stand before our God, say, yes, I did strive toward Christ-likeness. Yes, that was my goal, godliness. And so he talks about toiling and striving, which are, which are two words that refer to, you know, hard, hard work. And so it all comes together here with the goal. To, for, to this end, we toil and strive. We train ourselves for godliness. These things are not easy. They require perseverance. Now, you might be thinking, as we often think when there's a topic or talk of spiritual disciplines, you know, I'm too busy. We're too busy. It's, it's interesting, the more technology we get to make our lives less busy, the more busy we become. So we're busy people. Uh, Donald Whitney, and I'm using this, this book for this series, uh, he writes in his book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, I've come to the conclusion that with rare exceptions, the godly person is a busy person. The godly person is devoted to God and to people, and that leads to a full life. You think of Jesus? Jesus was a very busy man. And you might say, well, I'm not Jesus, and of course that is true. But, you know, he, he was a busy man, but he took time to practice the spiritual disciplines. You know, it even talks about him getting up very early, going away from his disciples, away from the crowds, and, and taking time in, in silence and solitude to pray. And so, and so Jesus was a busy man, but he took time for the spiritual disciplines. Now, the spiritual disciplines aren't intended just for people who have a lot of extra time on their hands. You know, you might be thinking, well, when I reach this point, when I'm retired or this happens, then, then I'll have a lot of time to, to read my Bible and spend time with God. But the spiritual disciplines aren't intended for people who aren't busy. Uh, again, Whitney says that the disciplines are the God-given means by which busy believers become like Christ. So maybe if we think we're too busy to spend this time with God, then maybe we need to look at what occupies our time. Maybe we need to, to make some, some cuts if we don't have time for the spiritual disciplines. And I'm not talking about hours and hours each day. I'm just talking about perhaps uh, 15 to 30 minutes a day. Uh, it could be more than that, of course, but that's a good start. But oftentimes we don't have more time than 30 minutes in a day to uh, do this, but at least we're taking time for God. We're taking time to, to hear from him in his word. So, if we're too busy, maybe, maybe there are some things that we need to, need to cut out. Now, the good news is that you know, all of the disciplines that we've covered in this series really can be practiced at one time. You know, we talked about Bible intake. So we can, let's say it's in the morning, uh, spend some time reading God's Word, maybe meditating upon it maybe memorizing a verse of scripture. Then, then we could take some time for, for prayer. And in this, there is silence and solitude as much as possible. And we're focusing on God. We're, we're responding to God in worship. 
And so really, the good news is that you don't need like an extended period of time. Like maybe if you're training as an athlete to do this and that and that and that and that, and then it becomes like a three-hour thing. All of these disciplines that I've mentioned here in this series uh, can be done in the same devotional period. So uh, it, it, it requires discipline, of course, and it requires perseverance. So if we're too busy for that, maybe we're, we're too busy and we need to um, cut some things out to make time to practice the spiritual disciplines. Finally, you know, how can we persevere more faithfully in the spiritual disciplines? It's not really a how-to, more of an encouragement. Three helps in, in persevering in the spiritual disciplines. Number one, the Holy Spirit helps us persevere in the disciplines. Again, Donald Whitney says, wherever the, the Holy Spirit dwells, his holy presence creates a hunger for holiness. Do you have that, that hunger, that desire for godliness, for, for Christ-likeness, for holiness, to be like God? You know, if we're, if we're a follower of Christ, then the promise is that, that when we put our faith in Christ, uh, he gave to us the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. God lives within us and, 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 and begins to change us from the inside out. And so that Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God himself is within us, creating within us a desire uh, for godliness. According to Galatians 5.23, uh, self-control is a fruit or a product of the Spirit's presence in a believer's life. So self-control involves discipline. You know, the, the Holy Spirit wants uh, to produce that, that discipline within us. As we, as we hunger for the things of God, hunger to live life as, as God intends it, then, then we... we, we are also to 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 strive toward this this uh, this self control this discipline to put into practice what what God says we should do, and that all begins with the the spiritual discipline. So we have the Holy Spirit within us. You know, the Holy Spirit helps us to persevere. You know, there might be times in our Christian lives when we think, well, maybe I'm just going to give up on all of this. Maybe I'm just going to walk away. But then we really, when we think about it, we can't do that. And that is the Holy Spirit within us, giving us this, this hunger, this desire to, to keep on going, to persevere. And so the Holy Spirit helps us persevere in the disciplines. Uh, secondly, fellowship helps us persevere in the disciplines. Fellowship, as I mentioned earlier, itself is a spiritual discipline. You know, the Bible talks about how we should be spending time with other believers. And we think of that word as fellowship. Uh, we should, though, distinguish between socializing and fellowship. You know, socializing is, is, is talking about weather and sports and our jobs and, and all, of, all of that. While, while uh, fellowship is really 
sharing or talking about what we have in common in Christ, the things of God. And so we need to keep that in mind, that, that fellowship is not the same as socializing. There's a time, of course, for socializing, that's good, but we also need to fellowship, real fellowship, have real fellowship uh, with one another. According to Ephesians chapter 4, becoming like Christ is a group project. And I know becoming like Christ would be easier in some sense, in some ways, if it was just us as individuals and we didn't have to interact with other people. And even within the church, there are people who can say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or rub us the wrong way. And maybe in some ways, not that that excuses bad behavior, but in some ways that helps us to become more like Christ, to uh, respond in the right way to people who are hard to get along with. At the same time, we should be encouraging one another, fellowshipping with one another, uh, helping one another to persevere. Going to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, Paul begins by talking about uh, ministers of the word, you could call them, that, that God has given to the church. Ephesians 4.11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, in other words, pastors, and teachers, why? To equip the saints, that's all the believers, for the work of ministry. So we're all, not just these ones mentioned here, but all of us are to be doing the work of ministry, service. Serving in the church, outside the church, be equipped for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ, strengthening the church, one another. And here we see the goal in verse 13 of all of this, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. This is speaking of spiritual maturity. We're, we're likened here to the body of Christ. And the next part says, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that's another way of, of talking about our goal of godliness. Here it is to, me, to be, uh, what does it say? Uh, to, I lost my spot here. To uh, mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that's very basically, to put it uh, in another way, Christ-likeness. So becoming like Christ is a, is a group project. Now, in some ways, it's harder to become like Christ when we're all together, but in some ways, it helps us to become like Christ. And in our relationships with one another, uh, that is, is seen if we are like Christ, if we, can, if we can get along with one another, for example. So are we building up one another, strengthening one another? Are we encouraging one another? I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about our men's small group going through the book, uh, the Habits of Grace. I know the ladies are going through the book now as well in their group, and uh, I can't speak to what's going on in their group, but uh, my own experience in, in the men's group is that 
this has been this has been real fellowship, uh, talking about the things of God, what we have in common in Christ, and, and the book is about the spiritual disciplines, and we've been encouraging one another to to do some of these disciplines, maybe some we hadn't done before, like meditating on Scripture and, and fasting and, and journaling. And this is a way, this fellowship is a way of encouraging one another to do these disciplines with the goal of increased Christ-likeness. So that's a little plug for the small groups, the men's and the women's small groups as we go through these these books. The men are a little farther along, but you can jump in at any time. Just let us know. Uh, But... It would be great if we had more people fellowshipping together and encouraging one another to to do these spiritual disciplines and grow in spiritual maturity. Uh, Are you too busy to fellowship? Again, if you're too busy to fellowship, then maybe you're too busy. Finally, I'll have to be quick on this one. Number three, our own struggle helps us persevere in the disciplines. Uh, so there's that balance between the Holy Spirit doing the work within us, but also our own uh, responsibility to, to struggle toward Christ-likeness. You know, all Christians struggle. You know, if we're honest, we'll admit that. Uh, and I believe there is encouragement for us in knowing that, that even, even the one we might say is the most Christ-like, uh, they struggle too. Not that we want them to struggle, but there's encouragement in knowing that, that all Christians struggle toward this goal. There was, that, there was that word struggle, toil and struggle in verse Timothy, Timothy 4.10. Paul was someone who needed to toil and struggle. You know, we have the flesh, as Galatians 5.16 and 17 tells us. We have the flesh, our own natural desires. They fight against wanting to spend time in God's word and pray. These are things that don't come naturally to us. It's easier to do other things, as we said. Uh, But we have the spirit as well. And the flesh and the spirit are are opposed to one another. And we need to to, to, uh, fall in line with, with what the spirit, the Holy Spirit, wants us to do. And so it, it, it can be a struggle for us. But we need to struggle toward the goal. That struggle helps us persevere in the discipline. So the Holy Spirit, fellowship, and our own effort. So, as I said at the start, the disciplines are not the goal. The goal of the Christian life is is not to to read the Bible. You know, I could read the Bible through once a month, and that would not necessarily make me a better Christian. Christian. So the goal is not to do the disciplines. Godliness is the goal. And the disciplines are supposed to be a means toward that goal. So it shouldn't stop with the Bible reading. As we read God's word, we should be changed, as with all the disciplines, changed more and more into the likeness of Christ. So the disciplines are not the goal. The disciplines should be used to help us reach the goal. So thinking about an athlete, we'll close with this, athlete training. Training, will say, toward an Olympic gold medal. You know, many times when a person wins the gold medal, they retire. And that's the end of their days as an Olympic athlete. That's not how we should view the Christian life. Godliness isn't like getting a gold medal and then retiring. 
It's not that we reach some sort of status, that I've read my Bible, I've done this every single day, I've had a 365-day streak of reading God's Bible and praying and doing whatever I'm doing. That's, that's not really the goal. It's not getting that status and saying, well, I'm a good Christian because I did these things and then just, you know, forgetting about uh, what is supposed to happen when we do these things. I was reminded of... Uh, Back when I was a kid, um, I'm kind of a, a competitive person by nature, and uh, at our VBS, there was, uh, as often there is, a competition for Bible memorization, and uh, you could do the, the daily verse, but then you could also do extra verses each day, and I remember, not to brag, <laughs> but uh, the first day I did, uh, I think I did 20 verses the first day. And I think I did over 50 verses. And the reason why I say this is not to brag, but I had the wrong motivation. Uh, you know, the motivation really wasn't the prize, because all I got was a certificate saying I was the Bible memorization champ. And I think I got a ribbon and a, a Bible, one of those Bibles that falls apart that I had a few of them already. So it wasn't really the prize. It was just my pride. I just wanted to win uh, the contest. And, and sometimes we can think that, you know, doing the disciplines is sort of like this, you know, um, a contest to read through the Bible, uh, to pray this length of time, uh, to fill up my journal for the whole year, and uh, getting that some sort of status, and then that's all there is to it. The uh, Godliness is the goal. And when you think of godliness, this is what I was going to get at. Godliness isn't just a status to say, I'm godly. Godliness, me, being godly, really means having a positive impact on the people around us. So the goal isn't, when I say godliness, isn't just to say, that person is godly because they did this, they read their Bible. The godliness is, you know, how we impact people around us. That's how we show that we truly are godly or not, Christ-like or not. So the godliness doesn't just stop at being godly, but being godly is, you know, how we live, you know, how are we impacting people. So will you train for godliness like an athlete trains? You know, when I was playing basketball in high school, you know, we just wanted to we just wanted to scrimmage during practice. We just wanted to play games. We didn't want to do any, you know, exercises. We didn't want to do any of the fundamentals like dribbling or passing or anything like that. We just wanted to play the games. We just wanted to scrimmage and have fun. Uh, but those fundamentals, making sure you're in shape, making sure you know how to pass and dribble and do all of those things are important to lead us to the goal of being better basketball players and winning games and all of that. And so that is what it's like with the, the spiritual disciplines. You know, we need these disciplines as really teaching us the fundamentals of, of the faith, um, staying in shape, spiritually speaking. Uh, and then we can go out and, and, and live as, as Christ wants us to live. And so being godly isn't just a status saying, yep, I'm godly because I did these things. Being godly means having a positive impact on the people around us. And, and, you know, we can do the disciplines and not be godly, but I don't believe we can really be godly as God wants us to be 
unless we are doing these disciplines, spending time in his word, listening to him, responding to him, worship, doing all of these things. And that is uh, the foundation to our spiritual lives. And that's where the growth uh, begins as we do these things and we interact with one another and all of that. So, leave you with that final question. Will you train for godliness like an athlete trains?